Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks who bring you Locked On Clippers. But when? We bring you Locked On Clippers five days a week, Monday through Friday. Make us your first listen. Kill some windshield time. Start your day with this double game preview we got for you on Friday's episode. Absolutely. Kicking things off today, we are going to be talking about the Clippers taking on the Timberwolves again, hoping to get back-to-back wins uh, in the Windy City, City of the North, the North City. I don't know, whatever they call Minnesota. Anyways, we'll talk about what we need, the sports city. We'll talk about what we need to do well to win that one as well as what could go wrong, give you a couple of key matchups to take a look at. And then a similar thing, but for the Hornets game that's going to be on Sunday, uh, we'll preview that matchup a little bit. And then it's Friday. We got to talk Pacific Division. Clippers currently, <laughs> unfortunately, in last place in the Pacific Division. We got to talk about it, see if these rankings we think hold water or if it's just small sample size. Uh, and then in shavings, which is just where we wrap up everything else, we're going to be talking Ralph's book. There was also a pretty explosive ESPN uh, piece Ooh. today about Robert Sarver and sort of the ownership situation there. If you haven't gotten a chance, I, you know, it's disturbing, but I would recommend the read. It's it's some really good reporting in there, so it's definitely worth checking out. So we'll talk about that. And then every single Friday, we do Love, Mary, Quarantine. We're basically, we're ranking something arbitrarily related to the Clippers, and we're either loving it, we're marrying it, or we're quarantining it, which means get it the heck away from us. So all that and more coming up in just a sec, but first I got to let you know that this episode of Locked on Clips is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Clippers vs. Wolves part two preview. We got no Marcus Morris, no Serge Ibaka. No D'Angelo Russell either. Do we think the Clippers run out the same starting lineup? That's what everyone probably wants to know. Absolutely. Yeah, I think yep. they will too. I think we've got a couple games uh, till the change happens. Yeah, and we'll talk about that a little bit in this preview too, sort of how they can optimize what they've got. And also, you know, we do just still have to remain cognizant of the fact like, you know, down Kawhi, down Mook, um, and, and some what we thought were going to be key rotation players not really living up to what we had hoped they would be. What we can do in terms of the rotation it is pretty limited. Uh, so that That's being said, point. what what do we need to do well in this one? Let's take care of the ball. Um, we said it in the post game for this, but uh, the Clippers probably aren't going to win many road games giving up 20 turnovers. Um, we had 13 in the first half. Tyloo credited Minnesota's aggressiveness for causing these, but part of it was just being sloppy as well. Like That's the reason we didn't blow this team out was because we had 20 turnovers. So. I'm just really hoping that, I mean, Paul George has to do a lot. He can't be as, you know, kind of loose as he was with it. But the other guys, too, like, we we just can't have as many unforced errors. Agreed, agreed. And Minnesota, I believe, was credited with 16 steals in that one, which I don't know. How are know they tracking steals actually, this year? Like, yeah, I actually <laughs> don't know that that's accurate. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that it is, you know, you, you do have to give some credit to their defense as well because we talked about it in the last game preview, but they are a large team. Um, and you know, th- they're trying to make up for some of their, you know, shortcomings defensively by, by trying to be active in those passing lanes. 
Another thing we need to do well is try to find a happy medium with the shooting. Right. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> we'll probably not hit 58% of our threes again. Probably. Maybe. Uh, but we do need to continue the process of just creating good open looks. Uh, I would love uh, just from like a, a, a shot attempt standpoint, mm -hmm. if Batum's three-point attempts were in that kind of six to eight range again, uh, if man is feeling it, I would be comfortable even kind of bumping his attempts up a little bit if the shots are there, getting him kind of maybe in that four to five range. Yeah. Um, Bledsoe and Winslow should never be individually taking more threes than Luke Kennard. Agreed. Ever. Or even not combined. Even, once. even combined, uh, yeah, they yeah. shouldn't be taking. <laughs> even combined, they should not. So I'd like to see the attempts up for Luke, especially if uh, you know guys aren't shooting absolutely lights out mm -hmm. Two, another thing i and I, I alluded to it a little bit at the beginning of the preview but we got to figure out what we can do to optimize blood so on the court now yeah. I, I know people are clamoring for a change to the starting lineup and i don't think that's out of line uh, i still think that it's gonna it's probably a little early for ty Lu to kind of pull the court on that shoot mm -hmm. um so we need to find ways that you know bledsoe can be a little bit more effective when he's on the court I'm really disappointed. You know, the synergy that we kind of saw with Bledsoe and Zoo from the preseason hasn't been there as much in the regular season. It looked a little bit better, actually, in this Minnesota game. Right. Uh, Zoo's scoring was up. Uh, Bledsoe's assists were up. Bledsoe, you know, we, we talked about it in the in in the post game, but, like, I mean, he, he had seven assists uh, and uh, no turnovers or one turnover. Yeah. Um, Not bad. Which, I mean, that's, like, kind of what we need. We talked about, too, like, I don't want to see any threes. Like, there's also yeah. an issue... Bledsoe on the court with Paul George makes things a lot harder for Paul George because no one's worried about his his shooting, so there's no real spacing if he's at the top of the key and Paul George is driving kind of even remotely near him. Bledsoe's defender is helping on Paul George, and kind of rightfully it's, so. Yeah, it's even worse when Bledsoe and Zoo share the floor and PG <laughs> has the ball in his hands. Yes. Um, the, you know, the spacing just goes to absolute hell, and there's, there's not really a whole lot to do um but i would like to see some more like the playmaking and the facilitating from blood so i mean this is what got us excited about this signing um and you know we talked about on the last episode like maybe he has lost a bit of a step or he's kind of like dealing with this sort of nagging thing that's uh preventing him from like driving uh and, and getting to the rim at, at will as it seemed he was sort of earlier in the preseason um so if that's the case i'd, I'd still like to see some some high iq um sort of ball movement from him and it, like this is just an overall thing and I, I don't really have an answer for it right now it's just going to be something to monitor but along with Bledsoe like we have to find a way to negate like to minimize the negative impacts of him and Winslow <laughs> I don't uh, know if we can do they, it with Winslow <laughs> they were the only players like with negative net ratings um in that win over Minnesota. And, you know, these things are like, they're tied to team stats, of course, of course, whatever, whatever, whatever. But, I mean, it's it's pretty telling of something that you can see with your eye um, of these <laughs> two players. And, I, like I said, I don't fully know what the answer is right now. Certainly having, you know, Winslow take three threes in a game is not the answer. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be something to monitor, like how we can just kind of minimize negative impact and you know maybe it's just difficult because pg can't be on the floor you know obviously with both of these guys but 
you also don't want like both of these guys on the floor together at times. I don't know, man. It's a conundrum uh, <laughs> that, that we really have to that, that we really are going to have to figure out moving forward, especially if we're going to be without Mook and Surge for an extended period of time. So that being said, let's get into what could go wrong uh, in this game. What, what do you got? I mean, you have it in here, too. And we talked about it a little bit before this segment, but we made 21 threes. We didn't blow out the Timberwolves like this is. That's an issue. You know, like this is kind of like when we played the Thunder. If that was a better team than the Thunder, we might have lost that game um, because just of how things were going. So we need to be tighter with the turnovers. Like it, it is kind of hard right now to go into a team, a team's house, you know, two nights, two times in three days and get the win. So just nothing. We just, we just can't be sloppy. We got to be tight. We can't get them in the bonus early. Like, I don't know what has to happen for the turnovers, but a lot of them are careless. So I just hope we can take care of the ball. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, that's kind of like the biggest takeaway, I think, for like what could go wrong is like with what we've got right now, which is like nine guys, functionally eight, really, rotation players. Sure. Like, yeah. our, our margins for error are, are extremely slim. Um, so yeah, we can't afford things like turnovers. I'm, I'm curious to see uh, how Paul George responds in this one. He, you know, had a perfect performance on Wednesday, not a single turnover, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. <laughs> which, you know, which was really great to see. No, he, he did finish with eight. Um, I, and, you know, this is like the one kind of knock that I have on PG's game is sometimes he can be a little bit loose with the ball. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see him sort of react to some some different defensive coverages in this one. I would assume that they're going to throw some kind of different looks at him um, to try to get him out of rhythm scoring early. Um, and, you know, when he's... It, if he has to have more of a facilitating role, um, we, you know, we're going to need to see the ball movement um, a, a lot more crisp than than what we saw on Wednesday. And when the ball movement's crisp, we need someone else to kind of fill in these scoring gaps. Uh, it was Reggie last time, for sure. Is it going to be Luke, maybe, like you talked about? Like, we knew, we will need someone to fill in some kind of gaps like for, for Paul George. Yeah, I mean, we got like nearly 50 from uh, Batum and Reggie. Uh, and, you know, hopefully this was oh, nearly not nearly 60, like because didn't they have 59? 29 and 20. Oh, they, I thought it was, oh, I I'm thought they had 49. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right, it's 49. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, math aside, um, so I, I'm hoping that this wasn't just kind of like a blip for Reggie and that he's definitely like in the right direction. You know, I think 29 is maybe a big ask. I think 20 is pretty reasonable. Sure. Um, Batum probably won't have as big of a game. But yeah, the, I mean, there's other guys on this roster who can step up. We need more of the same from Terrence. I thought that like last night was, you know, all around one of his sort of best performances so far in the in the young season. And I, I'm just kind of wondering if Terrence can get to that like 15 a game number. Yeah, I mean he's got an opportunity to try and build on that against a team that he he had his best performance against. So hopefully it happens. Um, getting into these key matchups real quick, I'm wondering if we're going to see kind of this weird wonky defense again to start the game. We saw Batum in the post with Zoo on Okogi, and like this is just kind of an overall matchup. But we saw Zone a few times which would have worked if the Wolves weren't so efficient, which based on the games kind of leading up to the Wednesdays isn't usually the case. So I feel like the defense is still very much getting its footing. And I guess it's good to kind of have another opportunity to run it back against the same team as they did, you know, 48 hours ago or whatever. Definitely. I mean, that's playoff basketball. Yeah, right there. And we're gonna, we might be seeing this team in the playoffs in some version of the playoffs if the season kind of keeps going. 
Um, and then there's some interesting matchup data. Zoo versus Carl Anthony Towns. So Zoo was on Carl Anthony Towns for nine minutes on Wednesday, according to stats on NBA.com matchup tracking. And Cat did not attempt a shot at all, which that's wild. I don't know how accurate that is, but this is incredible if we can keep Carl Anthony Towns without a field goal attempt for nine of his 36 minutes. Like that is, I hope that weird trend continues, but I hope Cat or Zoo can kind of play the same physical basketball. And then, dude, what are we doing with Anthony Edwards? Like, he kind of torched everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that it's just a little bit bound to happen. He's just really, really good. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to start? Because Paul George was his primary defender uh, for, like, almost five minutes, definitely longer than anybody else. And he did an admirable job. Um you know, Reggie and Batum spent a little bit of time on Anthony Edwards as well. They each spent about two minutes. Uh, Edwards went like, I think, two of three I, I, against both of them. It was the exact same field goal percentage. So one thing that I'm kind of interested in looking at a little bit more would be Terrence Mann on Anthony Edwards for some stretches. Okay. So uh, Terrence Mann was Anthony Edwards' primary defender for about a minute and a half stretch. He held Edwards to 0 of 3. Uh, I would be, yeah, I, I, I would be interested in seeing a little bit more of this. I think as the season progresses and just, I mean, the Clippers in general, I want to see Terrence Mann kind of taking on some meteor defensive assignments. And yeah. even if he has growing pains, you know, within those minutes, I think like if nothing else, it's worth the experiment, you know, if only to take some pressure defensively off of Batum and Paul George. Um because Paul George, especially like with what he's doing on both ends of the floor, it'd be nice just to be able to have a couple more possessions to not rest, but like rest maybe not have the hardest assignment <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good call. What's your prediction for this one? Do you think we get the dub again? Um, oh, man. You know what? I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I think that maybe we can pull we can pull out the miracle uh, two nights Two nights in Minnesota. <laughs> Let's hope so. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking a bit of a preview of the game against the Hornets on Sunday as well as some packed div talk. But first, we got to give another shout out to McDonald's. Uh, you know, it's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. The place you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. And it's been in the community since 1965. Um, if you want to have a good time, maybe head over to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say Locked On Clippers watch party at McDonald's? McDonald's, I'm loving it. And now that you've ingested a whole bunch of McDonald's, how can you maybe work on your mental health? You got to check out Calm. You know, we talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, and they've teamed up with LeBron James to help train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine, as it should be for everyone. He says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. Couldn't agree more. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA, you'll get 40% off a calm premium membership for a limited time. Our listeners can join LeBron in using calm 
with a 40% discount to an annual membership at com.com slash locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at com.com slash locked on NBA. That's com.com slash locked on NBA. All right, we're talking Clippers Hornets, which goes down at Staples on Sunday. Let's get some fans out there. The tenants, a little wonky right now, but that's what happens. Um, what we need to do well in this one is shut down the perimeter. The Hornets are a very 2021 Clippers-like team in their three-point profile. They are first in three-point percentage, 16th in three-point attempts. So they are wildly efficient right now um, from beyond the arc. There's also taking the sixth most two-point attempts, but only hitting 48% of them, which is 27th in the league. If the defense can kind of keep the ball denial up, they are first in assists, it should force the Hornets to try and convert these twos, which just hasn't been working for them. So I'm really looking for the perimeter defense to kind of, you know, be active and let's let's just make it more difficult on the Hornets than we've been making it for kind of some other teams. Definitely. Yeah, definitely got to be hounding guys off the perimeters. I mean, they do have some reliable shooters, so that makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. We also got to watch out for the turnovers in this one as well. I know we talked yes. about it last segment, but this is a team, uh, you know, LaMelo would love nothing more than to punish you uh, on yep. a turnover in transition. Uh, same thing with Bridges. Uh, you know, he he can he can get the Jets on and go. So it's uh, it's it's going to be imperative that we handle the ball well in this one. And this is, you know, I would like to see us with less turnovers than the Hornets in this one. It's a young team, uh, you know, like with a, a sophomore guard who is, you know, the, initiating the, the lion's share of their offense. Yeah, that's. I think that's a fair want. Um, an issue that could maybe go wrong in this one is we play down to their defense. The Hornets are the number one scoring team in the league, but also letting opponents score the most when they play. They're averaging 114.7 points for... And 114.9 against. So the defense is not there at all for the Hornets right now. We can't be sticky with the ball movement. And we I'm hoping we kind of see Bledsoe show off his passing a bit in this one. Just so he can kind of maybe use that to build on the rest of his game. But I just don't want to see us fall into that lull of iso ball. And just kind of hoping something happens against a really bad defense. Yeah, definitely. And I mean... Look, the offense has looked a little bit behind what we thought it would look like so far. So this could be, I mean, this could, I don't want, I hate to say tune-up game because the Hornets are pretty solid. They, they look pretty solid to me right now. Um, but it, it, it is an opportunity against, you know, not defensive stewards to uh, yeah. <laughs> to maybe get things running at sort of a clip. Um, yeah, I would love it if... I would love it if we had another game where we broke the 115 barrier. Like if, yes. we, uh, if we put up 120 in this one, uh, you know, win or lose, I'll take that as a win. It's a good call. Um, and then and the there, NBA will too. <laughs> uh, and then there's an issue that they might be able to extend possessions and kill us in second chance points. Famously, the Clippers are one of the worst rebounding teams in the league because of our lack of size due to injuries. We're 27th in total defensive rebounds per game. 29th in defensive rebounding percentage. The Hornets hurts. Yes. The Hornets are sixth in offensive rebounds per game and ninth in offensive rebound percentage. If we're not able to establish what little kind of presence we have down low with Zoo and Hart, we could see some tired legs kind of going to your point about the transition. Like we we just can't let this young team get second chance opportunities to run our guys around the court. 
Definitely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, key matchups in this one, team defense versus LaMelo Ball. LaMelo is kind of the perfect point guard that can kill the Clippers. He can kill anybody. Uh, he can create his own shot. He can pass to anywhere on the floor from anywhere on the floor. He's got wiggle. He can go north-south. I think this is a good chance for if Bledsoe want people to think he should stay in the starting lineup to lock up on LaMelo. Be physical with him. Do a good job. We're going to see different looks thrown at him. And then conversely, if Mann wants to take Bledsoe's spot, he's got to be able to deter Melo while doing his best to help Reggie kind of with everything else. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do with our bigger guards against LaMelo, but it it's going to be tough. Like this is not, I know they have a bad defense, but this is an offense like, and we look, we're going to talk about Paul George versus Miles Bridges. Like, dude, Miles Bridges is putting up 24 and eight. Like this oh, is. Oh yeah, he he's great. They can score from anywhere. so. Paul George is going to have to be effective on him. Batum will probably get spelled on him as well. But I just get a little worried if Paul George has to do too much on the defensive end, if we're going to be able to keep up with this currently because of what our shooting looks like. It was good, like we said, on Wednesday. But if we can keep up with this, um, you know, Hornets offense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like defensively in the half court, we've been pretty strong uh, yeah. at times. But offensively, you know, the the first of these two Timberwolves games was a step in the right direction, but I yeah I I'm hoping that we're going to be able to uh, to to keep up with this Hornets team. You think we get this dub? Do you think so? Between between the Friday and between the Sunday game, you think we go? I think we might go one and one. We go five hundred for sure. Go five hundred. Like yeah, I I mean I would yeah I would just be very surprised if we you know beat the Timberwolves twice on their home court, then came home and immediately beat the Hornets. I think we I think we end up dropping one of these two games. That is very legit. Now let's get into this pack div talk because we haven't talked about it uh, recently. But what's the pack div looking like right now? All right, so currently <laughs> in standings according to record, you have the Warriors in first place, followed by the Lakers, the Kings right there in the middle. Mm -hmm. Then you got the Suns and the Clippers. Suns and the Clippers both off to I, I mean I think rougher starts than both teams. Start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, then both teams that imagine the Suns do have um, the campaign is out that you know they've had their they've had some kind of uh, roster issues. The same thing as the as the Clippers have. Mm -hmm. Kings, I mean, look are are looking pretty decent to start. I think you know your dude Davion Mitchell. Uh, Ooh, he's the truth, like, man. Man, what if he makes a like an all defensive team as a rookie? Uh, he he might, dude. He is elite on the defensive end. I wish. So bad he would one day end up a Clipper, but I don't think the Kings will ever give him up. Um, I, it would be impressive. I don't even think it would be surprising, honestly. I won't be surprised. I love Davion Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Warriors have only lost a single game, which is which was in overtime, I believe. So, I mean, I, I think they are rightly cemented uh, at the top uh, sure. of the division thus far. Um, and you know, the Lakers had a little bit of a rocky start to get things going, but they seem to be clicking at LeBron's a level out and now, have been putting teams away. He's out for like a week. That's or a good so, point, which I don't think, so I don't think these standings are factual for the Clippers, especially maybe the Suns, as much as it hurts me to say, like, I think, and the Lakers, like, I think the Lakers are going to fall in the next week or so, obviously. And then I think if we can kind of get it together, we should be in that second or third range. That's start was just so tough for us um i just hope we get out of the cellar if i'm being honest i don't like being last in the pack div oh yeah no i agree 
And I mean, the Warriors are looking really good to start. I don't know that they're the best team in the Pacific Division. I don't think they are. It's been a weird start. It it just has been. And I don't think they're the best team in the Pacific Division. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll, see. we'll be monitoring this progress uh, over here at Locked On Pacific Division. Oh, yeah. Where we are the only podcast that cares about <laughs> divisional play. Absolutely. Um, coming up, we're going to be a whole bunch of stuff in shavings. Ralph Lawler's got a new book. We have to touch on uh, the Robert Sarver saga and then playing Love Mary Quarantine as always. But first, we got to give a shout out to Built Bar. They have so many delicious flavors. They got coconut, cherry barcia, mint brownie, double chocolate. Salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and my co-host favorite, raspberry. My favorite flavor is actually cookies and cream. A little fun, you know, a little tasty despite being healthy, so that's kind of nice. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box, so you get two of each, so you can kind of switch it up, which is always a good time. Built Bars taste great. They're also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Go to built.com, use promo code locked on. That's all cap letters, one word, and you'll get 15% off your next order. One more time, use promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. Okay, so we're back with shavings, which is where we kind of wrap up everything else. And then it's Friday, so we will have a love. Mary, quarantine for you. Kicking things off, uh, something that I'm surprised we actually hadn't heard a little bit more about coming into the lead-up, but Ralph Lawler's new book, Bingo, is available for pre-order. I don't know, man. This has got to be like, this is, I feel like, has the potential to be a pretty juicy, juicy memoir. Yeah, he was around the Clippers for 41 years, or maybe 42 and change. I've been pretty bad with math on this podcast so far today, but it's at least 40 years. Um, He's seen every iteration of Clippers basketball (laughs) like it's incredible just the amount of time this is going to span I'm really excited for it you know I know some fans if you've been following Ralph on Twitter maybe he's not your favorite Twitter follow Um, but the man knows Clippers basketball I also always have to take an opportunity to talk about the fact that there's very weird Ralph Lawler erasure happening with the Clippers um they don't do Lawler's Law. They don't play bingo. They don't play any of Ralph Lawler's calls, which they have to be the first team to ever have a, an announcer who was with the team for over two decades. Let's just put the limit at two decades. Who no it's 40 long, years. It was 40 years, but I'm saying in the grand scheme of things, no team. Oh, you mean, I got you, got you, right? got you. Got you. Like, yeah, yeah, no yeah. team has ever just been like, wow, this guy was with us for a handful of decades. Let's never reference any of his calls like that. It kind of blows my mind. Um, But yeah, support Ralph's book. I'm sure it'll be good. Hopefully it's in the Reggie book club. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited to see. I mean, he was with the Clippers like through some tumultuous times, like because of ownership and, and all sorts of factors, but also just some like really kind of tumultuous and interesting times for Los Angeles as a city. Very. So I, yes. I, he called I, the games I'm, down in, yeah, down in uh, uh, Anaheim during the, during the riots and all that stuff. Like, poof, it's like real man, this is gonna be a deep ass book. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I'm excited for that. What else we got in shavings? What else is kicking Ooh. around? So uh, speaking of Pacific division people, Suns owner, Robert Sarver is maybe on the outs. We don't really know what's going to happen with this. Um, after a damning, uh, and I believe you said unsettling or horrifying up top report about racism and misogyny in the Suns organization, 
I mean, Clippers fans have been to this movie before, but they had uh, V. Stiviano as a lead character, which made it a little weirder. Um, She was kind of the hero of the Clippers, is the hero of the Clippers. The Suns have 70 staffers to thank for getting Sarver potentially out of their organization. I just, it's so weird, man. You, you, You know, it's one of those things where Everyone knew Donald Sterling was Donald Sterling before the V. Stiviano stuff happened. And everyone knew Robert Sarver was Robert Sarver before this report came out. So I don't want to sound doom and gloom, but I mean, the NBA is only going to stop, only going to oust him if it becomes a loss to their pockets. And hopefully they realize that because it's not like this behavior is new. If 70 people are saying something, it, it's rampant is what it is. Um, but this poses the question, if the Suns do have to sell, if the Clippers went for $2 billion when Ballmer bought them, what do we think the Suns go if Sarver, Sarver sell? Maybe three? Like The market is the what thi- gets me. Yeah, yeah. The, the market is a little confusing. And also their attendance hasn't been that great. It's worse um, than the Clippers. Which is a l- yeah, which is a little bit, su- which is, I mean, not a little bit. It's very surprising. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of other entertaining things to do in phoenix yeah everyone loves you know a classic uh night out in phoenix i believe um is what they call it there anyway yeah what a nightmare um speaking of books let's get on some love mary quarantine let's do it let's what do we got this week we have so reggie's been reading famously i believe justin russo also just ordered the count of monte cristo um but these are books we could see clippers players writing when they retire um, we're going to pick one of these to love, one of these to marry, and one of these to just kind of get away from us a little bit. The first option is My Dinner with Reggie by Paul George. Just, just a beautiful story about two old friends having dinner together, maybe, you know, 30 years after they retire. Just a classic having dinner with your buddy story. Um, and this is a My Dinner with Andre reference. Absolutely. Uh, the second option is a children's book on how to have perfect shooting form written by Luke Kennard called Everybody Shoots. Uh, it's a very <laughs> similar vibe to another famous children's book. Um, Will, what is the third option for famous book for books that the Clippers could maybe write? It's called Do the Right Thing Like Mookie, Mike. Uh, and this is a memoir from Marcus Morris. It's pretty petty. It's just detailing all the times that Marcus Mori- Morris was right and family members, teammates, colleagues, even casual strangers were wrong. That's a good call. Which, <laughs> which of these are you loving marrying and quarantining? Um, I am. I'm loving do the right thing like Mookie. I, I think that... Uh, I'm fully on board for a, a, a sort of petty tell-all uh, just about every time that you were right. And he's been in some interesting locker rooms. You know, he's dealt sure. with a litany of, like, coaches and owners. And um, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, throughout his uh, career, too, he's gotten in some pretty interesting debates. I mean, so, we, famously, he had a pretty... Uh unquotable quote at one point uh before he became a clipper so this would be an interesting one well that one's not making the book because he wasn't right that time (laughs) true very good call (laughs) um all right which one of you are you marrying i gotta marry i gotta marry my dinner with reggie uh yeah no that's that's like right up my alley as far as books are concerned a novel length 
uh, manuscript about a dinner <laughs> between two friends. Are you kidding me? Sign me up right now. Uh, my dinner with Andre, also like one of my favorite movies. There you go. Uh, so it's a good time. I'm also I, I'm gonna co-love everybody shoots. I I don't I don't actually need to quarantine any of these. I don't think these are all books that will sit on my shelf. Uh, and I will definitely. I mean, I would definitely read all three of these. Yeah, that's fair. I. I don't think I can quarantine any of them either. I honestly think I'm going to marry all of them. Um, my dinner with Reggie, would love to see where they go eat. Would love to see what these two catch up about. Uh, <laughs> hope, it, hope it becomes a major motion picture. That you know would, what I'm that, talking about? He's starring both of them. Uh, Everybody Shoots by Luke Kennard. That's a good time. It's also Everyone Shoots is, is what I should have called it. But I think having a children's book by Luke Kennard, nice revenue stream, you know, um, after he's retired. And then Marcus Morris writing a book. I would pretty much read any book that Marcus Morris wrote. Like it could be about anything and I would just want to see Marcus Morris's take on it. There's definitely arguments in there that he's had with Keith. There I mean there's just some yeah. there's there's some interesting times that he was right. Each chapter is just a date and a time of when he was right and he's just and he just writes about it. Um that's fantastic. Um do we have anything else rattling around in the shavings drawer? No, no. I mean, happy, happy weekend, everybody. Stay safe out there. Like, let's let's get through this weekend. Uh, let's hopefully come come on the other side with uh, two Clippers dubs. Now let's get a couple of dubs. Uh, Monday's episode gonna have a recap of the Hornets game. Luke Kennard progress report. Of course, we got Vorp Watch. We got the Freshies. Whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, will. You're in Miami. If someone in Miami was saying, whoa, I wish I could listen to a Clippers podcast right now, where would you tell them to listen to it? Uh, I would say make the clip flip. Go Absolutely. ahead and just just turn your heat jersey inside out. Right. Clippers on it crudely. <laughs> we'll take you. We'll take it. We'll take you anyways. Uh, but you can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. All the usual suspects. We mentioned it up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. Look, the Clippers are currently on a roll. How long it'll last, nobody knows. But tune in every morning to find out. Absolutely. We thank y'all so much. I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.